You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Kindling Helpline is brought to you by 136 National Home Doctor Service. 136 is Australia's largest network of home visiting doctors. So if you need urgent medical care but your GP is closed, make the call to 136. This is Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Chris has over 30 years' experience. She's written a book called Bringing Baby Home, which is right here. If you're online, you can see it. If not, it's uh, it's Chris's book that will help you work out what to do when your baby is home and uh, you're trying to work out a few things like how to settle, <laughs> just throwing it around here while we sort out our headphones. And uh, she understands the modern family and how to manage the juggle that is new babies mixed with toddlers and children. It could just be a new baby. Hell, who yeah. needs more than that? And um, she can answer all sorts of questions. So it could be um, starting solids. It could be, well, we get lots of questions about yep, settling, sleep, sleep mm. uh, to use a dummy or not, how to extend day naps. Chris can answer all these questions. So as we've mentioned, if you're watching us on Facebook Live, you can put your comments below this video here. If you're listening to us through the radio, you can text us on 0437 665 200. You can call us on 1800 Kids Radio. And look, if you if you just want some time to write an email, you can email us at conversation at kindling.com.au. We've pretty much made it the easiest we could to let you get in touch with us. So, Chris, we'll just start with a phone call. We've got Lisa on the phone. She has a 14-month-old. She's a little bit worried. He's um, He might be anxious. Lisa, how are you? Oh, good, thanks. How are you guys? Oh, good, thanks. How are you? Yes, very well. Yes, I have a 14-month-old son yes. who needs to be held quite often okay. and will only accept mum or dad nine out of ten times. Oh. So, okay. yes, it's getting a bit of a concern, I guess. When did this all start for you, Lisa? Um, I'd say probably around four and a half months things oh, changed. So quite so, young. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I know he started teething then and it was just he needed mum all the time, but then from there it just didn't change. So, okay. And yeah. does he do any sort of care? Will he go to somebody else other than mum and dad? Like will he go off to a little play group and wander away from you? Uh, he definitely wanders away. He's, oh, good. Um, in, especially an open space, yeah. like say a beach or a He goes for his park. own little walk. Yeah, yeah, loves just. <laughs> Does he turn away. around and look for you? Yes. Okay, and he gets reassurance, and then he goes off for another little walk. Yes. Okay. Does this this ability for him to cling on to you does that happen in strange and new environments? Um, more often, yes. Yeah. it does. Yes. So at home, he's happy playing. Um, I would say nine out of ten times, yeah. We've got a very small flat too, so he can see me yeah. at any corner. <laughs> and does he do any form of daycare? Do you drop him off and leave him? No. Okay. Um, no. Okay. So it sounds to me like he just needs lots of reassurance. Right. So okay. it's a really hard one to decipher. Is there something more ongoing going here, going yeah. on here? Or yeah. as a baby, because he started teething earlier and there might have been more crying, he's just got used to the comfort of mum and dad, which is not a bad thing. He's only sure. a baby. 
So what I do is just um, little moments of helping him through situations where it's difficult. So say we go off to grandma's place and we're not as comfortable there. Maybe when you go in, you actually start by holding him and carrying him in for a few minutes. Now, a good few minutes, probably about five minutes. So where people might rush at him, he might find that very overwhelming. So you might need to sit on your knee and then stand on the floor beside you and then you might be able to say, there's a truck over there and he gets distracted and over he goes. And I think over time he'll start to do better and better and better. I think if he was doing a little bit of care... Um, and he wasn't coping, that would be different. So I think if he's got those, that especially that ability to walk across the park, check, walk past, keep walking, then I think you're okay. I think just in strange and different environments, he needs more reassurance. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it should just get better as he matures more. Yeah, I have to just practice a little bit. Yeah, just take it a little bit slower, (laughs) give him a little bit more reassurance before we launch him into what it is that we're asking him to do, whether it's a play or, you know, be on his own for a little bit or go to bed. Yes, yeah, yes. It's just with other people. Other time's fine, everything else is fine. Yeah. Other people, and I have to think about putting him into care next year, so... So if you were putting him into care with a child like this, you would sort of wean him into care over three or four weeks, so you might... You start well before you have to go back to work and do really short windows, like two hours for a week, then, right. you know, half a day for a week or two, and then short days, and then the time frame that you're looking for. And it'll just give him a longer adjustment period. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, yep. and it'll make it much easier for him. Yeah, no, that'd be great. <laughs> Good luck, Lisa. Thank you so much. Thanks for giving us a call. You're listening to Kindling Helpline. This is the uh, new improved version where we include, well, we're trying to make it improved, where we get the, uh, we're online and on-air worlds fusing together. So you can put your comments below in the comment section of Facebook Live. If you're listening to us via radio or your mobile phone, you can text us. The number is 0437 665 200, or you can call us on 1800 Kids Radio. And let's get to Kate, who's talking about a five to six month old uh, to stay asleep. She says, any tips on getting her five to six month old to sleep once he's gone to stay asleep? Sorry, once he's gone to sleep, he wakes many times through the night needing resettling. So I think this is a fairly common problem, Kate, about um, their association with how they go to sleep. So we could sit here for a good hour and talk about this, but... Generally speaking, it'll have something to do with the way he goes to sleep. So if he goes to sleep with a dependency, rocking, patting, shushing, um, breastfeeding or feeding, any version of feeding, dummies, all of these are dependent associations with going to sleep. And when they wake up, they have trouble going back to sleep without one of those to help him go back to sleep. And we would start to look at him learning to do an independent sleep association. So an independent sleep association would be something like he could go down, you leave him for a few minutes, you go back, you reassure, but you don't reassure to sleep. Just reassure him. Once he's calm and quiet, you've got to repeat the experience. So for most children, that's the most common, or most babies, that's the most common problem that we see. 
see. And so you've got to take what he already knows, you've got to shift it to an independent pattern. So if you're used to cuddling him, you might put him down in his cot, then you might um, leave him for a few minutes, then you might go back and give him a cuddle for a few minutes, put him down in his cot, walk away for a few minutes and go back. So the reassurance and teaching him in an independent way to be able to um, self-settle and then I think it will help your overall sleep pattern. So good luck with that, Kate. We're going to keep going through the questions here. We've got a question from Tracy, and she says, my five-year-old is always doing silly, dangerous things, (laughs) from jumping on the couch or climbing rocks in our local park. I've warned him multiple times about it, but he doesn't listen. That's like my five-year-old. Or throws the biggest tantrums. What are some tips to stop this dangerous behaviour? Oh, well, the few things that you've told us aren't actually dangerous. It's just him exploring. And I think, you know, in this world where they're always going to hurt themselves, but actually they don't really hurt themselves. So try and just create a safe environment and try not to use the word no all the time. So if we're jumping on the couch, is it because he's jumping dangerously or is it because you don't want him to jump on the couch? So if he was jumping on the couch, I'd probably just do something like tell him that we put our bottom on the couch and um, if we want to do jumping, we go outside. So we put his body, we go back, put your bottom on the couch, sit down, you know, put your feet on the floor, all of these sort of lines to help him understand where it's okay to take risk and where it's not. So then then you're out in the park. So the home front ones, you could probably work those ones out. You're out in the park, there's a rocky cliff edge, and he's the first child to head for that rocky cliff edge. The first thing as a parent is assess, is this dangerous or is it that you can see all these accidents happening? So does he have the ability to climb? If he can climb safely and it's only a small rock edge, it might be okay for him to climb up and then be, hooray, you've made it, and then climb down safely. And if it really is dangerous, you can see the danger ahead of you, then I think it's about stopping, taking a few minutes and explaining to him why it's dangerous. Okay, so I think you'll find nine times out of ten he's just really adventurous like they all are and they don't know themselves and sometimes they fall over and sometimes they don't. But if it's truly dangerous, stop him, reassure him, tell him why it's dangerous and maybe distract him into a different activity. Good luck with that, Tracy. Yeah, um, good we, luck. I've <laughs> got a question from Kim, who Kim is actually watching us online. Hello, Kim. Thanks for the question. Hi. She says, any tips on moving from formula to cow's milk and weaning from bottles for a one-year-old? For a one, from a one-year-old. Well, the really good thing is... Um, Wean him from the bottle. So you've got two things going on. He's 12 months old, so he doesn't need um, formula anymore. He goes on to cow's milk. And then you've got two choices. So some people will wean it 12 months straight onto a cup, and he has three cups of milk a day, and he has the cow's milk from it. So it's a completely different experience for the child. Other people will choose to continue giving three bottles until he's about 14, 15, 16 months old, and then they start to wean those bottles down. So what you have to think about is what are you trying to achieve here? Are we trying to – so it says uh, wean from bottles. So the easiest thing to do with a one-year-old is actually just not do it. So you just say, no more bottles, you're – sort of big boy, but he's only one, (laughs) and um, get him a new cup. So it's not his water cup, but a new cup, and this is where we're going to have our milk from. Then you've got the weaning from formula to cow's milk. So what I would probably do is wean him from formula to cow's milk on his bottles first. 
And then once you've got him on cow's milk, wean him from the bottle to the cup with his cow's milk. And I think that would work much better for you. So take a little bit. Do you mix the two or do you just go straight from formula to cow's milk? Look, I try straight from formula to cow's milk. Um, The only thing you've got to remember is on formula, sometimes they have it warmed and cow's milk, most people give it straight out of the fridge. So it's completely different. So maybe warm his milk up a little bit. That might help. And if they really reject it, then um, you can do 50-50, a couple of days later, two-thirds cow's milk, one-third formula. But most children, if you just cut it, they're okay. After a day or so, they're okay. Remember, he doesn't need volume of milk after the age of one. So if he only just sips sips cow's milk out of a cup, he's okay. Good luck, Kim. Thank you for the question. You're listening to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. She is the author of Bringing Baby Home, this book here. And if you're listening at home... She's an author. Get the book. It's really good. Um, we're also merging two, two platforms, the on-air and the online. So we're giving you all the as many options as possible to interact with Chris, to ask her questions. So if you are watching us on Facebook Live, please pop your questions below. If you're listening at home, you can text us 0437665200 or you could call us on 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. Hey, if you're watching us online, you can call us as well. We've got the ability to do all of these things here. Chris has over 30 years' experience helping helping all kinds of different families manage all kinds of situations. I'm yet to hear a question she can't answer. So please uh, get online, get calling in, email, text us, and we'll answer your questions. We have, this was an email from Cooper. I love this because the title in the email was <laughs> Laughing Baby. And I, I was like, Can't be that bad. Awesome. <laughs> We've got one where there's a laughing baby. Anyway, let's hear it. It's um, Cooper has a, a six month old who she's trying to extend his day sleeps about a sleep cycle length. So yep. he often starts laughing, talking, or grabbing my hands whenever I go to settle him in the cot. If I leave him, he can get he can keep playing in his cot for over an hour. If I get him out, he gets grumpy very quickly. Any tips to get him to sleep a little oh. longer? And I assumed Cooper was female. Cooper may be male, mm-hmm. but either way. How do we help Cooper? Okay, Cooper, the first thing I'd look at is timing and, and make sure your timing's right because maybe he's going to bed a little bit early in, when he wakes up, he's in this very happy mood. The good thing is he's in a happy mood. Um, so usually around that six-month age, they're awake for about two to two and a half hours. They usually have two sleeps and two sleeps and or a nap, depending on the, the length of their sleep. And generally, they sleep for about an hour and a half to two hours. So if he's sleeping one cycle, I think what he's learned is to wake up and play. Um, so I wouldn't go into him until he isn't playing anymore, until he's a bit sad and he's calling out for you. And then I think he'll be more receptive to you settling. So if he's in there rolling around and playing and laughing at you, and you go in thinking that you can put him to sleep, he'll probably just continue in that mode. But if you leave him to play, even if the first day it takes an hour and then he starts to have a little whinge and you go in and then start doing some settling, um, I think he might be more responsive to it. There's actually nothing wrong with him sleeping and then playing in his bed for 45 minutes or an hour as long as it's rested. But it sounds like he's still grumpy when he eventually gets up. So if he sl- you put him down at 10 and he woke up at 11 and played till quarter to 12, you've got to remember that he woke up at 11 and then two and a half, two to two and a half hours later, put him back down again. And I think that would reduce the grumpiness. 
Good luck, Cooper. I hope you keeps laughing, though. That's <laughs> yeah, really cute. that's a great, great one. <laughs> We've also got a question from Crystal, and um, she says, My son is just over two and still needs his day sleep, but lately has been insisting on getting up at 4.30 a.m. Uh. Ouch. It doesn't matter whether he had a day sleep or not, how long the sleep was or going to bed earlier or later. How do I get him out of getting up so early? So I agree. A two-year-old, I think, if he's just two, I think a two-year-old needs a day sleep because otherwise they're most grumpy people at the end of the day. So a two-year-old has somewhere between an hour and a half and two hours. So making sure that he's an oversleeping, like having three hours because he's up at 4.30 in the morning, that will help. I generally have them up by two o'clock because then they're tired enough between 7 and 7.30. They have a five to five and a half hour window from when they woke up. And the other thing is sometimes when they're doing this, it's almost like they're in jet lag because some days they have the sleep and sometimes they don't. So I think what you should do is regulate. So maybe put him down at 12.30, get him up at 2 and put him down at 7.30. Now, if you do all those things and he's still waking at 4.30, that's probably a separate behaviour. So that's more, oh, well, I'm awake, so am I getting up? And we just have to give him the message that 4.30 isn't going to work. (laughs) (laughs) Mummy is still asleep, leave me alone. Yeah, so maybe just going to the door and, you know, it's time to put your head down, it's time to go back to sleep. There'll be a little bit of crying, a little bit of backwards and forwards and reassuring of him, and I think it would sort itself out. So look at your day sleep first and regulate your day sleep and use your five to five and a half hour rule from when he woke up. So if he wakes up at three, he won't be tired till 8.30. And, and then if you've done all that and it's not working, then the 4.30 behaviour is behaviour and he just needs to get the message that this family does not function at 4.30 in the, in the morning. Goodness, who does? Yep. You're listening to Kindling <laughs> Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. She's got over 30 years' experience and she's here taking questions on Facebook Live. If you're watching us, hello, put your comments below. <laughs> uh, if you're listening at home, please feel free to text us or email us. The email is conversation at kindling.com.au. And just to let everybody know, we only have about seven more minutes to take your questions. So apologies if we don't get to it, but Chris is back every midday. We're going to have to see whether we keep doing this. Facebook Live thing, see how successful it is for everyone. Um, if we'll just move on to one of the comments on Facebook sure. from Michelle, she says, Any tips on the best way to change over from breast to bottle? Or well, it really depends on age, Michelle. But if we took the average at somewhere around the six to nine month mark, it's just quite literally replacing a bottle with a breastfeed. So maybe start with lunchtime. He gets a bottle then instead of a breastfeed. If you muck it around and go, here's your bottle, and he doesn't take the bottle, so you give him the breastfeed, it'll be much, much more difficult. So once you've chosen to wean him, then you're on the path of of weaning. So I'd start with lunchtime and feed him a bottle. I'd try over 20 minutes, and if he doesn't do it, he's going to get you know, water and food and other breastfeeds along the way. Then after a few days, as he starts to take that bottle, then you can think about the next one you want to wean. So it might be the mid-morning or the mid-afternoon. And then slowly you're phasing out the breastfeeds till you end up with a breastfeed in the morning and a breastfeed at night. And usually the night one goes and the morning one is the last one to go. So sort of set yourself a little plan, um, depending on how many feeds he does in the day. Pick your mid midday 
because it's less traumatic for them to do that one. Um, and then try over 20 minutes. Make sure your milk is warm because breast milk is warm. So make sure the milk is warm. I know there's a whole thing about don't warm up bottles because they'll get used to it. Um, but breast milk is warm. Um, so, yeah, I think if you set yourself a task, um, the first few days won't be easy, but just keep at it and he will get it in the long run. Can I ask, Chris, because before mm. in different scenarios when it's been settling things that yeah. you might need to really commit to, um, you have advised that we try these things when we've got support around yeah. us. With something like this, is it, it does it make it easier if there's someone without boobs around? Look, do you know what? It's fifty-fifty. Right. You know, I think some babies are comforted by their mother's face. So if something different's happening and the mother's doing the bottle feed, sometimes they do it beautifully. And others, they just look at the mother and then look at her chest. So that's, <laughs> that's where I'm going. And those ones might do better if grandma's around or dad's around on the weekend. But generally, it's quite hit and miss with that. I don't mm. think there's a strong way either way. I think it's quite literally what the baby will accept from us. Mm. Well, good luck with that, Michelle. Uh, we have a question from Melissa. What's the best age? Well, to ditch the dummy. Um, her son is 21 months old. He uses his dummy to go to sleep and to settle him. He's very much attached to it and I'm unsure as a first-time mum what to do. Oh, you're doing okay, Melissa. So if he only has a dummy in his bed and he doesn't get the dummy repeatedly overnight, so there's not a dummy dependency, it actually, in the end, it'll probably go when he's about two and a half and he can associate to something else. So if he's having it once in the day, once when he goes to bed, and in moments of complete trauma, like I've fallen over, that's okay. It's when it's the only thing that will comfort him. So he walks around the house with it in his mouth. He's in bed. You have to get up a couple of times at night to put it back in that you're probably thinking, okay, this it's time to go, you know, because there's such a strong association with it. Yeah, well, um, good luck. I, and with that, sorry. So generally speaking, if it if a baby's happy and you're happy and yeah. they're using the dummy, you can't. Even if they had it all the time, is do parents need to be concerned about that yeah. if everyone's okay? So even if they walk around the house with it in their mouth and use it for self-comforting and everybody's happy with it, it mm. will move the teeth. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's why they don't want you and know, dummies and it's... bottles in their mouth for long periods of time. And is that still the case that you try to get rid of it at two and a half? Or if you notice it's a problem, you try I'll get, to get rid get, of it yeah, sooner? Yeah, I get rid of it sooner. So to me, dummies are like patting and rocking. If you're doing it constantly, it is then becoming an issue. Mm-hmm. So I would change tact and try a different version of self-comfort. Okay, we have a question from Michelle. And yeah. uh, sorry, Melissa, good luck with that. Um, this will be our last question. So again, apologies if we didn't get to your questions either on Facebook or if you've emailed us through. We will be back at midday next week. week. Absolutely. And with or without Facebook, we will address your questions then. Uh, Michelle says her 15-month-old has been resisting the day sleep and is waking at least eight times a night. Oh, oh. Michelle, that's so painful. <laughs> we have had some professional help from Nag- Nagala. Nagala in WA yeah. Perth and had a four-night stay there, but the sleep situation has got worse, not better since we've been home and didn't help while we were there. He's moved from a cot to a mattress because he's, he tried climbing out of the cot at Nagala. Now we're at home. He's on a mattress, but he's not developmentally ready. And he's waking up even more and banging his head on the door in frustration when we don't respond quick enough to his cries. We also have a three and a half year old who's waking (laughs) 
because the 15-month-old is waking and it's getting really difficult because of that. Oh, what do we do? Poor people. Okay. Um, sounds like he got a little bit traumatised when he went off to Nagala because he tried to climb out of his cot, but he's far too young for not being in a cot. He needs that security mm, that around is very him, little, I, isn't it? Yeah. So what I would probably do is put his cot beside your bed, lower it down, put your cot back beside your bed. Um, I think I would take a whole step backwards with this one. I would teach him reassurance. So I'd um, put him on one sleep, probably from about twelve till two in that sort of window, or eleven thirty to one thirty-two. I would regulate his sleep. Um, so that it happened at the same time every day, regardless of how much sleep he had. And I'd put him down around seven because obviously he's not getting a lot of sleep because he's waking up so frequently at night. I would probably use like a presence approach. So I'd put him in his cot. I'd give him lots of reassurance at first. Um, if he stood up and cried for a few minutes, I'd lay him down, put my hand on him for a few minutes, calm him down and maybe just sit quietly. I think this little fellow needs a lot of reassurance before we teach him to self-settle because obviously this hasn't worked. And going off to places like Chisilian, Karatani, Nagala in this case, it hasn't worked. So something's not right for him. So let's go back and give him some reassurance, but reassurance in the bed you want him to sleep in. And that's going to take a little bit of time and, and um, patience to do. Probably over a weekend, maybe the three-year-old can go to grandma's place so that it's not having such a big impact and you can be more consistent. You could put the cot into his room if there was a spare bed that we could give him reassurance. Once we got him sleeping better, then we could pull it back a little bit and start to give him the signs to help him to self-settle. So I think this this family just need to take a breath, take a couple of steps back, set themselves up for what they want to achieve and hopefully it would work. There is a very small amount of babies, like really small, that always have difficulty with sleep. You know, so hopefully that's look, not yours. No, Michelle. maybe he just needs a little bit more time and patience, a little bit more hands on to get him to sleep. If we were talking, I'd ask about, you know, what are his cues for going to sleep? How do you get him to sleep? And then try and work that back into the the, the idea of getting him to self settle. Mm. Okay, well, Michelle, um, please feel free to give us a call yeah. next week if you'd like some more specific tips from Chris. And uh, that's all we've had time for. Thank you so much, everyone, for your questions online and. Yeah. Through email, um, you can call us. You can email us. Sorry, through the week if you haven't been able to even get your question to us. The um, email address is conversation at kindling Kindling Helpline is sponsored by One Three Sick National Home Doctor Service. If you or a loved one is sick and your GP is closed, make the call to One Three Sick. That's One Three Seven Four Two Five for an after hours bulk build doctor home visit. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Chris. That's a pleasure. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.